This is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts could not continue without your prayers and support. Please consider making a tax-deductible gift. Click Donate at either DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue our podcast for those on the discerning journey. Thank you and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Mother Teresa. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who became a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, and seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building the Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. When John baptized Jesus in the Jordan and the the Father came upon him and said, this is my beloved son. So that's going to be in a week, the baptism of of Jesus in the Jordan. That's also a part of of this whole manifestation that Jesus is revealed. And the other one is in liturgically, this is that all the fathers of the church saw that marriage feast to Cana was also a manifestation the first time Jesus performed his miracles. The gospel is filled with the miracles of Jesus, so he's manifesting his power in his life now. So Epiphany was just more than the baby receiving the three kings and the homage of the nations and the Gentiles. And he was receiving the honor of his father at the Jordan and also revealing for the first time his power to perform miracles. He manifests that he is not just this carpenter and the carpenter's son from Nazareth, but the son of God revealing himself to the world, his manifestation of his divinity. So I'm very much caught up into that and the church wanting us at this time to go more deeply into who this Jesus is and what his spirit is and how it clashes with the spirit of the world. Very often in teaching, how do you know that what you're doing is from the spirit of God or is are you being motivated by the spirit of the world? How do you distinguish that? When a, per, a Christian is going to live her or his life in the world today, what is the spirit of the world. You know, we've heard of the spirit of God, and then there's this, this, the evil spirit is the devil. But what is the spirit of the world? What is a worldly spirit? And I'm afraid that many, many Catholics, Christians, and those who think they belong to God get caught into the spirit of the world. Exactly what is it? it it's, it's a spirit of selfishness. 
It's the spirit of self-centeredness. It's the spirit of me-ism. It's the spirit of I. The, the spirit of the world is so self-centered that sayings like this, and, and can, if you can recognize a spirit of the world so as to distinguish it and be able to recognize it in yourself and in those around you, it's expressed in this way, I cannot fail. I must succeed. I must go according to appearances. What will people say? That is very much a spirit of the world. And so we have been brought up very much in a spirit of comparing and competing. Who is better than? I am needing to be the first. I'm needing to be recognized. And, and according to that, you know, when you really look at the gospel and the spirit of Jesus who talks about, blessed are you when you are poor. Blessed are, the, are the, those who mourn. Blessed are they who are persecuted for justice' sake. How did Jesus appear in the eyes of the world? You know, the, the crucifix is a complete contradiction to the spirit of the world. One of his chief men betrayed him. Well, his chief man denied him. His followers fled, and he was on the cross. Now, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God, is very contrasted in our daily lives so that we really must be aware of what motivates us and what drives us. John says, Beloved, do not trust every spirit, but put the spirits to the test. And so how do I distinguish on a daily basis what is the spirit of God? What is the spirit of the world? There's a this really requires discernment each day. And I have a, a little discernment exam that I thought I would like to offer. Actually, if this would only take about 10 minutes if you got used to it every day. And, and so as you, at night, you're overlooking your day, have you given in to the spirit of the world or have you done what really God wanted you to do today. The first point of, of this discernment is to relax in the presence of God. Be aware of his loving presence in and all around you. Just take a moment. You don't make God present. He's been there all day. But maybe in the evening you could do this exam. Thank him for everything he has loved into your life since this morning. And so here you are in the evening. Thank you for breakfast. Thank you for my job. 
thank you for my children, whatever God has given you to thank him for at the beginning of the day. Beg to be given the mind and heart of Jesus, to see really as Jesus sees it. Take a moment. Give me that mind that was also in Jesus. Reflect prayerfully over your day. Go through the day with the Lord, checking the we, what you and Jesus experienced together against the I, you alone. See, that's the spirit of the world, I, instead of we. The spirit of the spirit of God is that Jesus and I are one. Jesus lives in us. So we can say, as St. Paul said, I live, no, not I, but Christ lives in me. This means that in reality, your life is a we, you and he, not just an I. As you reflect over the day, see everything about which you can say we, even if you were not conscious of his presence at the time. For example, we ate breakfast. We drove to work. We cleaned the house. We spent time with people. We rested, and so on. And see what you cannot say, we, but have to say, I. For example, I blew up at the kids. I cussed at the traffic. I rashly judged a person. I reacted selfishly, and so on. As we prayerfully reflect over our day in this way, God sensitizes us to the ways in which he touched us and is present to us all during the day. In other words, he enables us to distinguish or discern whether this action of ours has been from God or has been from the spirit of the world. That's exactly what John is getting at. The focus of our attention is on God and his presence, not just on us. That's why I call it a discernment exam, as you distinguish. This helps us become more aware of his presence, more peacefully able to be and to work and to rest with him in the ordinary day that is each day of our lives. If you do that at night and you begin to recognize those certain times and areas in your life, this would be an excellent thing to include in your morning prayer. Renew in love your sorrow forever disappointing or offending our Father and say to him, God my Father, I offer you Jesus, your Son, to you who lives in me and we 
who live together, and I offer you myself and all that I have to please and praise you, to live and to thank you, to expiate for my many sins and the sins of everyone, to purify the good we have done and to make up for the good we should have done. If we let Jesus redeem our day and our whole lives in this way, he will accept an invitation from the Lord to spend some time alone with him in prayer tomorrow. Make it a date with a definite time and length of space and time. Accept an invitation that he gives you to repair any damage or behavior so that you can be better the next time as we face the situation of our daily lives. That is called a discernment exam. And I think if you could become used to just being in his presence, he's right there. And as you relax before him, go over your day. When John tells us in his epistle, Beloved, do not trust every spirit, but put the spirits to the test to see if they belong to God, because many false prophets have come into the world. This is how we can recognize God's spirit. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ come into the world in the flesh belongs to God. And you do. You recognize that. While every spirit that fails not belong to God. You belong to God. Such is the spirit of the Antichrist, which, as you know, has already come into the world. You are of God, you little ones, and thus you have conquered the false prophets and spirit of the world. For there is in you one greater than there is in the world. These others belong to the world. That is why there is the language of the world. I cannot fail. I must succeed. I must appear good. And why the world listens to them. We belong to God. And anyone who has knowledge of God gives us a hearing while anyone who is not of God refuses to hear us. How do we know we belong to God? John has it very clearly. Because we are keeping his commandments. And what is that? We love one another. We are to believe in the name of Jesus Christ and are to love one another as he has commanded us. And so as you go through your day, when did I only, then when I only love myself, when is the I dominant? And when during my day did I do the we? You see, because he and you together all day long can live.
how do I distinguish the Christ who is in me? Because he loves. He keeps his Father's commandment in me. And when he and I are together, then we are a we. And when I fail to keep the Father's commandment, then I am an I. And if you can go over each day the times you fail to be one with him and you have fallen into the spirit of the world, I judged a person. I envied my neighbor. I rash judged the one I went to school with. I cursed. I got angry. And so as I do this, that become more aware of the spirit of the world that is in I can become more and more aware of the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of God. That spirit which is in me, if we uh, look at the gospel, that power, the radiant power of Jesus Christ. Listen to Jesus. You see, when he is in you and in me, he is a spirit of love. And when I am in him and he in me, we have a power to conquer the spirit of the world. And in the gospel, Jesus toured all of Galilee. He taught in their synagogues, proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, cured the people of every disease and illness. As a consequence of this, his reputation traveled the length of Syria. They carried to him all those afflicted with various diseases and racked with pain, the possessed, the lunatics, the paralyzed. He cured them all. That power of Jesus that love is in you. He and you, when you together love, you bring Christ into the world. The little flower in, in, uh, in her convent died when she was 24 years old. No one even knew that she had had an extraordinary life because her life was so ordinary. But she had an extraordinary love in doing ordinary things. That same power to cure, to heal, to drive out demons was in her, this little 24-year-old nun. And even till today, she's having a shower of roses all over the world. The patroness of the missions, oh, she's the patroness of Vietnam. She never went there. But if you love, you're bringing God into the world. What I'm saying here in this uh, discernment exam is that each of us has the same power to be in Christ and Christ in me. I, I really uh, offer this as a, a su suggestion and, and a possible way by which on a daily basis I can interpret my actions according to what St. John is talking about in his, 
in his letter today. We, Christ and I, can live the whole day, every day. And I can separate myself from him and fall into the spirit of the world and the spirit of the Antichrist. Monsignor, can I ask you two questions on this? First question is, how do we love those we don't like? And what I mean by that is that sometimes it's easier to love the poor person down at the shelter than it's people, friends, family that we just don't like personally. And that's what really makes it more a daily uh, opportunity to love. And that's also when, you see, do, do you fundamentally, the answer to that is this, do you fundamentally believe that he is in me? Does he like that person I don't like? That's the first question. I would ask God the Father, does Jesus love and like this person that I don't like? I am so unlike this person. I am so different than this person. Two of the brothers that I that I live with. And they're, they're really very much considered very eccentric, but also very critical and very sharp with their tongue. They're in my house with me. I see them every day. I must say I don't like them. But each day when I go into prayer and and I I ask our Lord, give me your love for them. How can I I that that really then becomes we when he and I can love that that person that I don't like and ask the Lord and be amazed at what happens, at how many more people you like from your own family, from your friends, and those you can genuinely smile at. In the beginning, make it a choice. Choose it. And then later on, it may not be a feeling in the beginning, but you choose to love. You choose to care for. You choose to serve this person. May originally may not like, but to be amazed at how we, Christ and I, can begin to love them together. Second question. What do we do when with the area of judgment? I think there's some con- confusion on my part, on everybody's part sometimes, where we say, well, we're not supposed to judge. But yet we're called to look at someone's actions or behavior and make a call. I mean, if, as a parent, you have a responsibility. As an evaluator of someone who works in your, in your office or someone that is an employee, you have to evaluate that person. And I, I really believe that that is not judgment. That's evaluation. And I think it's, it's important to know the strengths and weaknesses, the value and, and the work that this person is doing. You, you know, I think evaluating them is, is something very important for their own growth and to point it out. The spirit of it, though, is... I am saying, I am saying this to you, and I would do this to you, especially 
if you're really and truly sincere about what you're saying, is you would say it to the person first. There, there actually is a charity or a love. It's called fraternal charity, where you go to the person and you point this out to them if it's something that's really interfering with the common good. If it's someone within your family, someone within your business, someone within that, that you go to them and you simply say, this is how I see this. And, I've, and you pray about it. And you don't go to them and tell them this to hurt them. Your whole motive is to help. It's called fraternal charity. And if they don't listen to you, actually then you're, you're, you're in, uh, instructed to take another one along with you and point it out before others. So that's, that's really not judgment. That's really an act of love. It's called fraternal charity. But if you go around in your own mind saying this about this person, you really, the judgment, you know, is Christ living in me? St. Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Ask our Lord, what do you see in this person? Help me to see in them what you see. The eyes of Christ are that which I have. The, the, the tragedy of a judgmental mind is that have I asked our Lord to let me see in this person what he sees in them? I don't know if that helps, but um, I think you, you have to pray about that also, mm -hmm. especially if you have uh, a judgmental mind. Well, any final thoughts for today, Monsignor? Well, I really believe that this could very much be, if you don't have as part of your daily prayer, an examine of conscience. This isn't exactly an examination of conscience. It's an examine of consciousness. I think every one of us could improve every day our union with Christ and our union with Jesus and the Father who dwells within us if we would take the time on a daily basis. In fact, I would even recommend it twice, once in the morning and once at night, especially the one at night that would help you as you go over your day to recognize when we that is Christ and I, in the presence of, the, of God, the Trinity, and the, that what we did, Christ and I, and then when I was on, on my own and failed to do it in union with God. That's what separates me on a daily basis from Jesus. Well, thank you so much, Monsignor. You're welcome. You've been listening to Building the Kingdom of Love, with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, 
to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essef.